Welcome to EFM.Live Podcast. You're listening to the CyberJaya Startup Summit Podcast Series, the first edition, Sustainable Entrepreneurship. The inaugural CyberJaya Startup Summit is a two-day event consisting of talks, workshops, and interactive panel sessions where you can learn new insights, recruit talents, raise funding, network with fellow entrepreneurs and industry experts, and much more. So I would like to invite uh, Howie from ACAT, and we have uh, Meitan, founder of uh, Scoopoint. So both these guys are from Penang. Uh, next, we have uh, Longa Yuan. Currently, she's the executive director of uh, GEM. My name is Howie. I'm obviously from uh, Penang. Uh, I run ACAT. As well as Ayobina, basically we are an innovation consultancy uh, company. Uh, one of our projects is basically uh, ACAT, which is a community of uh, startup entrepreneurs, uh, specifically on the technology sector. Uh, and that's what we do. We work very closely with the uh, state government in uh, growing the uh, tech ecosystem uh, in Penang. Uh, recently, we have just uh, launched a uh, $4 million, uh, grant and fund technology startups in uh, Penang. Uh, it's not for idea stage. Uh, basically, you know, a lot of people think that it's uh, free money. It is not. Uh, basically, you have to uh, show uh, early traction uh, in order to uh, be applicable for the fund. Uh, besides that, I've spent uh, 15 years in uh, Singapore. I've just returned back to Penang. I'm a, I'm a Penang boy uh, two years uh, ago. Uh, in Singapore, I was part of some high-growth startups, uh, Viki and Red Mart, if you know. and uh, So a lot of what I do right now in Penang is, by and large, uh, national service, lah, here and there. Uh, and what I do a lot in Penang, uh, at this point in time, it's also to build um, communities. And in this case, uh, technology startups uh, communities. Hi, good morning. Um, I'm uh, Mei Tan. I'm from uh, Skupoi, Penang. I'm also from Penang. So, uh, I actually uh, run a property development business and then I also started Schoolpoint co-working space in Penang. Uh, we're focusing more on the uh, creative uh, community. So, you know, uh, that's why we, we will actually work together in terms of the creative and also the, the tech startup community in Penang. Uh, I've been actually, I was uh, you know, overseas in the States for seven years and came back to Penang and uh, to build the community as well as uh, to also to encourage more creative startup and creative entrepreneur. And uh, for, you know, the past few, I've been building community for the property development itself uh, as a company, and then also community for the creatives. So that's what I've been doing. Yep. Okay, so I'm running three different NGOs. Uh, one is GEM, the Global Entrepreneurship Movement, which is about building communities of entrepreneurs. And then I also run Kakisini, which is about the arts um, industry in the country. And I also run Women Girls. It's an NGO for um, women to become exemplary to girls. Now, I was going to kill you for talking about television because I always felt I was really boxed up. Every single time people introduce me, they talk about, you know, my work in television. But at the same time, I also must say that it is my career on television that I understood community building. Uh, when we were doing 3R, one of the most important aspects that nobody actually realized is the kind of stuff that we built behind production. 
the kind of stuff that what we're doing to help girls understand what empowerment meant beyond the TV screens. So you'll be watching something, but how does it really get to people? And how do we really understand what girls need? So going on ground, talking to girls, getting them to understand what else they can do, empower them, but also giving them actionables that they can follow through with. Now that is something that I heavily learned during my television days. So to a certain extent, I must say thank you for reminding me. Um, and uh, uh, I also think a lot of it has got to do with um, when I joined Carrefour, uh, both Malaysia and Singapore, and I had a list of problems to solve the moment I step in. Uh, from, oh, uh, overcoming how mom and pop shops think about hypermarkets, uh, overcoming the prejudice about how we are uh, taking all over their business, etc. Uh, un unfreeze the hypermarket licenses at that point. Um, as well as some of the really bad backlashes that we've gotten because we wanted to build some hypermarkets in some communities' land. So all this require a lot of on-ground work and what sort of stuff, and we will talk about this shortly, and what sort of stuff that's required when you are dealing with community, not just about building them, but also, I guess, redirecting uh, conversations within a community so that um, it can be stronger for whatever that you stand for or whatever your business is. Yeah. Right, thank you. Uh, all right, about me. Uh, uh, well, I've been building communities, I think, for the last 10 years. Uh, it started purely because some of us got together and decided, hey, we need a meetup for tech guys. Right? So there was a movement called Webcam KL. Not sure if anybody is familiar with Webcam KL. So at what point uh, it was, I think, probably the first tech meetup uh, in KL. So uh, I, did, I wasn't a, one of the founding members, but I became an admin. So I was part of the organizing committee. Uh, it grew from like 10 people a month to 300 people a month within, I think, about three to four years. And it became like the biggest uh, monthly networking event for tech guys. Then what happened was, it was, you know, a wide range of people, right? Then we realized, okay, we need more uh, uh, smaller communities to focus on specific topics, right? Because if we talk too much about programming, the entrepreneurs or business people are not interested anymore. If we talk too much about entrepreneurship, the coders who are just there 9 to 5, they're just interested to code, they get bored. So then we broke into smaller groups. So one of the groups are called Open Coffee Club KL. So I started running Open Coffee Club KL with a few other uh, friends. Uh, and that also, I think, been running about 8 years. Uh, so that became uh, probably one of the first... A monthly networking event for startup founders and people who are interested in, startup, interested in startups. So we used to get students, aspiring entrepreneurs, some of the guys who've already been doing a lot of interesting things even before people you know, got to know about the term startup. So, and in the last 10 years, I think a lot of the startups now that you see on the media raising 10 million US dollars, 20 million US dollars, I've seen them coming to one of these networking events. You know, we have coffee together and go like, uh, okay, let's, uh, what do we do now? <laughs> How do you become entrepreneurs, you know? And that's where they found their first uh, co-founders, their first investors, uh, their, their first employees. And, you know, over the years, they grew. And so I saw the power of the, what grassroots communities can do. You know, not necessarily have to do huge events or uh, big organizations. Sometimes just 10 people meeting regularly in a coffee shop can spark a lot of amazing things. And for me now to be able to bring 54 speakers for this event, is also from there. That's how I got to know all these people. That's where I, I started doing my events. And uh, that's where I built my network as well. So, you know, my businesses aside, uh, the people I know who are very active in the startup community 
uh, mainly you know the networks are built through these kind of events, right? So to me, building communities has always been a passion. It's not about making money. So I want to ask you guys as well. So why are you doing this? Like what keeps you going? Because that's one of the uh, uh, very popular questions people ask me as well. Why do you do this? You know, and how do you keep doing this? And how can you do this for like 10 years? So how about you guys? Okay, I have been doing this more than 10 years for sure. Um, and I think why I do this is because you actually don't have a choice. If you don't community build whatever products that you're building, who is your consumer? Who is your customer? Who are your audience? What are you doing? It's not going to have a lasting effect. If you're not building your tribe, you, you have no idea if it's going to work, if it's not going to work or, or anything. Or perhaps also the reason why I'm doing it, it's, it's really, I get very excited when people tell me their problems. I get really excited about finding solutions. I think most of us are become entrepreneurs secondary. We want to solve problems first. And I'm one of those people who like, if you tell me a problem, oh my God, do you want to try do this? Is there another way to do this? Do you want to consider looking at this from another point of view? I think that I'm really excited by that. It can be a more form of addiction. Than, yeah, it's, it's more than anything else. So when people come together, chances are, if I can redirect that conversation to how do we do this better, it truly excites me. And that energy is amazing. It's way better than just, how much more money can we make today? Well, for me, that uh, I would say it's a passion. I'm actually a uh, graduate as a graphic designer. And, you know, came back to Penang and do most of the business, you know, uh, property development. And, and, you know, it's not much of creativities uh, we can do, even though I do try to implement that. But the thing is, uh, you know, I learned a lot of community uh, during college and do, uh, during uni in the States because there are, you know, huge community there. You know, people are talking about football, talking about everything. They're so united. And uh, I find it is quite miss missing that in, in Penang. And I wanted to, you know, creating and at the same time, you know, to have this creative community that, that actually can support each other. You know, a lot of time uh, people say designers or artists technically is killing each other, you know, with the pricing kind of thing. Uh, the price war. So uh, this is something I, I try to create that, you know, it's in order to have a healthy ecosystem and community that are actually going to help each other in terms of, uh, you know, uh, not killing each other, but to actually, you know, grow together. Uh, and how to grow together is, you know, finding your own niche and then helping each other not to uh, go and doing the price war again. This is part, uh, partially is mainly for the passion that I, I build this. Um, on the why, yes, not for money, although I must say money is still very important. Uh, money would ensure sustainability. Uh, it's just a different way of uh, how we look at it. Um, and <clears throat> why, why, why do I do this, right? Um, yeah, I, I thought that after 15 years in Singapore and have some um, success in terms of startups, going back to Penang, uh, I can chill a little. Um, but um, why, why I agreed to kind of continue the efforts as well as build up the efforts of the startup ecosystem in Penang. I think, um, I think there's, a, there's a need. There's a need too. There's an urgent need. I uh, feel uh, very passionate also about building communities. Um, in the end of the day, um, personally, my background has also been a lot about uh, building products, digital products. Uh, and if you look at it, uh, they are the same whether is it you are building a digital product or you are building a community. 
Because in the end of the day, uh, what you are building is, um, who, who are you building all this for? Even for a product, it's for the people. So in the end of the day, it's all about the people. It's all about their activities. And it's all about the context of those activities in whom that you are serving for. Uh, and so in Penang, uh, I return. It's also because I love Penang. I like to kind of really contribute back and to see what I can do. And it so happens that I've been in startups most of my career. And uh, that's something that I can really give back. So at this moment, uh, that's what I do. I do it for passion. I do it for the people, um, primarily in Penang. And I do it as well as for my children who I have relocate them uh, back to Penang. Yes, from Singapore. Right, uh, do you guys have any questions? If you have any questions, just put up your hands when I'm looking uh, because I don't want to just uh, keep on just asking them questions. Uh, one uh, question is from the crowd as well. So if you have anything you want to ask any of the panelists, just uh, put up your hand then I'll just call you out, right? Uh, okay, uh, for now, right, let's talk about challenges that we face. Uh, personally, I face a lot of challenges, you know, building communities. Because uh, one thing is to do something for a client, right? Then you can always tell them, this is the budget, this is how much it costs, pay me money, we do it. But when we build communities for our own programs, or our own initiatives, or non-profit initiatives, uh, usually from what I know, uh, a lot of the community builders I know are very good at growth hacking. When you don't have money, you have to, you know, figure out other ways to build these communities. So, what kind of challenges you guys have faced to build communities? and how you overcame it, or what kind of techniques that you've used, or any growth hacking methods that you've used, anything that you'd like to share? I, I, I still would like, I mean the best growth hacking methods in my opinion, it's again, I'm going back to the people and understanding them, and not to create, and again this applies to products, features, whatever, uh, and it applies to communities. In the end of the day, I think you will you need to kind of really validate um, your customers and your audiences' needs. Um, and a lot of times, uh, when you build a community, um, you build it because you think this is what the community needs. You come out with programs that you think is what the audience needs. And you might be doing it for various reasons, right? You might be doing it for your own ego. I've met a lot of founders who are very egoistic. They think very highly of their own ideas, but they would then crash and burn a lot of them. Uh, so it really depends. And for me, I will still go back to the best growth method in a sense is to really understand the people in which that you serve and to kind of understand the activities they are in and the context of those activities and then build uh, programs that are highly relevant to them, uh, that really meet their needs. Um, so that's, that's how most of the time I would, I would go about it, is to spend a lot of time with the people, sitting them down, uh, really understanding their needs. Well, I think, you know, for community, it's always the people. And uh, it's always, I think it's the same uh, thing that is, go back to, you know, what the community actually need and actually want. And uh, besides, you know, in terms of uh, startup or business, uh, you know, like one thing I always do is uh, I want to get out of uh, the comfort zone as well. 
to actually push it a bit further to get them to do something actually different, uh, you know. And but at the same time, uh, knowing like there are hobbies or or things that they like to do, and you know, and and as a you know community manager, we have to actually get to them, understand them, and actually connect to people to people. And you know, is at the at the end of the day, community is all about the trust, the trust between the community and how to grow them. So uh, and they can feel like they belong as a whole, as a unity, as, as one, uh, one thing. Um, that's why, you know, one of the, the other thing I do is uh, I, I sort of come up with uh, identity. For example, Scoop Point, you know, people who are our members, we call them Scoopies. So, uh, so these Scoopies actually, you know, feel like they're proud to be a Scoopy. It's like us Malaysia, you know, we're proud to be Malaysian. So that's, that's the same thing, you know, when we're talking about uh, community is identify, you know, uh, a group of people and, you know, building the trust among them. Yeah. I, I just, I'm a bit worried when you ask if there's questions and there are no questions. So when there are no questions, it usually also means maybe we're not relevant to you. So I, I just want to have like a, a good idea. How many of you build communities here? Yeah, of course, JFK, of course. Oh, finally. See, can I force Jenny Baru Baru Natanya? Okay, Joe, JFK. Joe's. But he's also quite loud. Because that's that's really quite important. And and I actually think a lot of people don't understand the need to build community, whatever things that you're doing. Now, if you've never tried building communities, you you never think about, hey, that mattered. You, you never think about the kind of questions you need to be asking a different person, a user, or whatever, because you never thought about it. So I really urge you to consider trying it, whether it is directly to do with what you're doing or not, because community building is psychotic, is really exciting. It's mad. You don't know what can hit you, but yes, okay. Thanks, Naya. Nice to see you again. You haven't aged a single day. <laughs> I'm JFK, and um, in the 90s, early 2001, I co-founded a youth community called XFresh. It was a radio station, TV channel, music, we had platforms all around Malaysia. We scored about one million teenagers. All of you were not born yet. And uh, for seven years, I built a community. It was, it was good. It was, there was no social media back then. There was no uh, uh, internet. People, people were online, but they were, they were actually meeting in person. When 2001 happened, 2004 happened, 2007 happened, people started to get more online and not uh, in person. All right? My question is going to shock you. The year is 2018. People would rather spend more time on Instagram and Facebook on social media platforms than in person. How can I build a community when people I meet on the streets spend more time in restaurants instead of talking to their parents, spend more time on YouTube? So you're talking about building communities. I've done, I've done it. But I saw the evolution from 2001 to 2018, finding it so difficult to have people have a simple conversation with their phones down. How can we fix it, not just for the country, but for the world? Because once we can address that, then we can start rebuilding communities again. I know, for a lot of the older people, we, we think that looking at we're phones… Not, we're not that old, but we're… Looking at phones is like such a sin, right? I even know of older people who like… I don't have a phone because it's so bad. Why would you want to spend your time looking at your phone when you could talk, right? It's like wrong. But if you talk to a younger person, this is really how they build their communities. And how they communicate. This is 
the, how they're using it is completely different, it's completely changed. And I also want to say for community builders, if you expect that the community to come to you, I'm sorry, that's never going to happen. You always need to go to them. So who, who is them? That is key to what you are doing, what your business is all about, what your purpose of doing, what community you're trying to form. You got to go to them. But I must say, figuring out how to do this community thing on the phone, on this thing, is amazing. Look at the gaming industry. Look at what they've done. That esports thing. Look at, look at that. That's mad. Look at how people think they form friends. Look at how people think that they're no longer lonely because they, they just don't think that they were alone. But actually, I think they're very lonely. But it's a different conversation altogether. But I'm trying to say that I think we found a different way to be able to build communities worldwide here, but we also need to distract them. And how do we do that? That needs to be the conversation. And I think that's an, a, 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 a point that we should talk about today, actually. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, JFK. And good luck. <laughs> Always. But if you find, for example, like, like what uh, Mei Fang did, is that she found like a group of creative communities. And this group of communities, I mean, this group of creative people have a need. When she identified the need, these people will come together and leave their phones. Similarly with young people, if they find a reason, a very compelling reason, they will come together. But for a builder to build this compelling reason, if you don't know them, you're building jack shit. So you need to know. And how do you know? You cannot do this from your desk. You cannot do this in an office. You cannot do this talking to just five friends. You got to be on ground. You got to be down there so that you understand, ah, this matter. Let's, hey, let's get a couple of friends. We talk about it together. And that grow. Consistency, persistence in doing things, programming, content of what you're doing. You, you cannot just hang out. Sahaja. You, you could have content. What are you hanging out and what are you doing? Is what you're doing is activities that you've planned, lifting them to the next level. Those are necessary questions and very difficult ones too. So if you don't have, you know, um, I think the persistence or the resilience to do this can die out. I just want to add that, you know, well, you know, applause to yourself. You're none of you, I mean, some of you, well, most of you are not using phone right now. And, and is that, you know, because you're not, you know, um, interested on your phone? No, it's just that, you know, you're here for a purpose. You're here, you know, today to learn something. That's why everyone is paying attention here. Uh, thank you. Uh, so, you know, so community, you know, uh, I think going through the phone uh, to get contact, you know, is very important or have an online platform is very important. But after that, what's next is building trust. If online you think you can build a trust, yes, some people could. But then at the end of the day is to go back to, you know, human to human, building networking relationship. You know, the trust is more important eventually. But right now we are all here, uh, you know, coming all the way here. Uh, I'm well from Penang. You know, so we could in touch with you guys. Or if not, then you would have to set up a webinar or something, right? An actual, like, a, a website. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to add on that as well. Uh, well, uh, I can relate to him because I'm quite old as well. I know people say I look young. Uh, but you can check with my wife, I'm really old. So I'm from the Motorola brick generation. I don't know how many of you know that, right? 
We used to have a phone called Motorola Brick, which you throw at someone, they can die. Uh, actually, you can drop it from like the fourth floor and you can put it back together and it'll still work. Uh, smartphones don't do that, right? So, so we've seen the evolution of community building. So at one time, like you said, right? It's very easy to get people to meet face to face. And then slowly things change. But I think it also comes down to the community builders themselves. I think we as community builders, and if you are a community builder, you have to evolve together with the community. Because as times change, uh, like you said, needs change, right? People want to spend more time in front of their phones or in front of their uh, monitors, less time they want to go out. But the community builders also have to evolve with that. And uh, the other thing is, I feel like, uh, from what I've seen, right, a lot of uh, these communities eventually fail because of uh, agendas. Community builders sometimes don't have the right agendas. And a lot of people have hidden agendas. And sometimes people uh, can be devious as well. Yeah, but it, you know, sometimes it, online, right? So now you get to know people online. You join the online community. It's very hard to judge people, right? Until you see them face to face. So a lot of the communities I've seen, at one time, you know, you can gather 1,000 people. And then you have a community leader who's like, oh, I want to bring everybody because I just want to have fun. And then somebody makes like, 100,000 out of that event. And then he tells everybody, oh, I didn't make any money, you know? Things like that. We've seen that happen. Uh, so sometimes you, you do a community event, you bring together a few people, put up a group and then say, oh, let's all work together, let's do this big event, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, then you tell your team, oh, sorry, we didn't make any money, so I can't pay you. But at the background, you know, they made some money. So things like that, right? So when people are not honest, they're not sincere, things fail. Because online, it's very easy to pretend. It's very easy to... To, to give a different impression. But then once you bring people together, right, face to face, then people can figure you out easily. So if online you can manage to put up this fake persona or create this fake, uh, whatever, uh, uh, the, this community that and you want to take advantage of. But the moment you bring them together face to face, if you're not sincere, if you're not honest about what you're doing, people will figure you out, right? So if you want to build a community and maintain it, and it, it, you want it to be a physical community, then your agenda has to be straight as well, right? So you have to be very sincere, very honest, very straightforward about what you're doing. Uh, and sometimes people ask me, right, how do you do this for so long? Like, do you really make money out of it? My answer is very simple. Don't do it for the money. Even if you are making money, don't do it for the money. Because when it comes to community building, it's about people, right? Meeting people, working with people. Uh, we're trying to help people in most cases, right? So if you do it for money, if that is your main aim, it's very hard to make it sustainable. You won't last long. We've seen a lot of people come and go, a lot of events come and go, a lot of community builders come and go. You know, they grow really big and then they fail as well because the intention is always money. But even if you're making money, if you have a, a clearer purpose, a better agenda, which is to serve the community, to help the community grow, then I think the chances are you'll be more sustainable and you last longer. You try to benefit the community. Right? So this is the kind of community building that we do. Uh, so money, like you said, money is important. But at the same time, you can also have a, a, a higher purpose, a better agenda. Uh, so with that, I would like to end this panel session. We have reached the end of this episode of CyberJaya Startup Summit First Edition, Sustainable Entrepreneurship. Be sure to check out more exciting podcast series only at EFM.live.